Hey guys, real quick before we jump into this interview here, I just want to say a huge congratulations to this amazing guest on the birth of his baby girl on January 22nd. Man, I am so stoked for this guy to be the best dad for his beautiful baby. He went with the name Hazel, and that's my stepdaughter's name. A beautiful name, for sure. This dude has some amazing talent too, and he can easily sing anybody to tears. This guy, when you hear him sing, you just want to cry. His lyrics are very powerful. He's part of the band called Dayseeker and started his own side project called Hurtwave. Go and search them up and blast them. You will not be disappointed with these guys. Without wasting any more time, this is the fucking man, Rory Rodriguez. How's it going, man? Hey, it's good. How are you, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Where are you from, buddy? <laughs> I'm from Los Angeles. Yeah, how about you, man? I'm from Indiana. I don't think you guys had a chance to play out here. There was a music venue that was in a town called Valpo, but that shut down. I think the closest you might have gotten would be Indianapolis or Chicago if you made it over this way. Yeah, it's 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 always always Indianapolis, like in the, the the Hoosier Dome or the it was the Emerson, but I don't know. If oh that's yeah, right. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Are you still living over there in LA now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just been on the been on the West Coast like my whole life. So yeah, man. What got you into wanting to pick up a guitar, or do any type of songwriting? Yeah, I basically, uh, I it wasn't kind of intentional. I I had a PlayStation Two that I I broke, and <laughs> my sister had a guitar that she basically like never never picked up or used, and so I found myself with a lot of free time and uh i just picked up the guitar and then i had a buddy who like showed me just some like basic chords and then i was on this website called ultimate guitar like all the time just like learning different songs that i liked and wanted to play and uh yeah it just kind of led to wh where i'm at now i guess yeah did you learn playing off of chords or did you learn off of tabs? Because I used to try to, you know, just fool around on a guitar here and there and looked up tabs all the time. It was a little bit of both. I think, like, you, you want to learn the basics initially of, like, just, yeah, it was, like, just, just chords initially. But then I kind of started getting into, like, alternate tunings um, and then finger picking and stuff. And then, uh, and then it was just a lot of, like, yeah, just learning different songs from bands that I liked. Um, and I feel like that kind of opened up like, Oh, like this band writes like this and like they, they play chords in this way. And I think ultimately it helped a lot to like kind of inspire like how I write currently and how, how Dayseeker is, is a thing today. So. What are some of the influences that you could name off that kind of get you where you are? Yeah. Um, I was a big Thrice fan. Uh, I still am a big Thrice fan. Uh, I really like Dallas Green um, or City in Color. He was a, a big influence on me, like vocally growing up. Um, I know, like when I was younger, I just really liked these like kind of powerhouse vocalists like Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath. I just mm -hmm. remember like, whoa, the guy just can like belt like, and I. I think I just really, really got into that at a younger age. But I, you know, in the last few years, I, not even the last few, I mean, it's been a long time, but I think as time went on, I got more into like R&B and kind of like soul. And then I think that's kind of, kind of come into like, I don't know, like how I sing now and just like, just like a weird cocktail of like a, a lot of, a lot of different stuff that I listen to. Yeah. Who's your favorite go-to for R&B? Uh, right now there's a, a girl named, uh, 
it's just her. It's like h dot e dot yep. r dot. Yeah, I love. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's she's great. I really really like her stuff. Um, I liked the new, I liked the new Kalani album that had some good stuff on it. Um, I don't know if it's like R and B necessarily, but there's this guy named Black, but it's like written out like six lakh. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, I've heard yeah. of him too. Um, he's like. I don't know if I'd say he's R and B, but he definitely has like a vibe going on in his music. So, have you ever heard of Division before? They spell I have. yeah, they're pretty. I whenever I hear them, it kind of makes me kind of think of uh, Heartwave in a sense. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, I uh, I do like a few songs from from Division. They have a uh, they have some cool stuff for sure. Yeah. What up? So, besides music, what type of hobbies do you like to do? Uh. I am very well I am into rock climbing I don't get to go as much as I used to because the pandemic is kind of there's a couple rock climbing gyms in like LA um, but they're all closed because of COVID so to to go rock climbing I either have to go outdoors which I don't think is like I try not to go out too often these days and uh, there is an indoor gym in this city called Long Beach that I go, uh, that I go to, but, uh, that is, it's a little bit of a drive. So I, I don't get to go as much as, uh, as I used to, but I, I am really into rock climbing. Um, other than that, I mean, I live a pretty boring life. I just hang out with my dog. Uh, I just work and then I, I work out. I have like a personal trainer and that's like pretty much, it's just all I do. I, mean, I watch a lot of like sometimes trash television, like Love Island or 90 Day Fiance and things like that. You know, you ever get into watching um, Beyond Scared Straight or anything like that? No, no, I don't. I don't think I have. What's what's that all about? Well, Beyond Scared Straight, they I don't even think that they do that anymore. It's just one of those little uh, reality TV shows where they get those kids that are like from like broken homes but like they're acting up in school or they get caught smoking weed or whatever and their parents have had enough and then they kind of give put them on that jail trip and show them what it's like if they keep on acting up and they go into actual real jails with inmates and they're like yelling at them and just all sorts of stuff oh uh, i think i have seen some stuff like that that's like some jerry springer stuff or yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah before you were in uh day seeker was there any projects or anything you did before all of that yeah, I was in a I was in a really bad local band when I was 18 um called Oh No Please. Uh and then I was in a band called Arms Like Yours um in my like early 20s and I, I did that for a while and then we ended up touring with a band called Southern Lights and then so um we ended up getting really close with a lot of the guys in Southern Lights and then then Arms Like Yours was kind of on a decline. It seemed like Southern Lights was kind of on the up. So um, they ended up letting go of a few guys and me me and a guitar player went into the band. And so I played with them for a little bit. And then the singer of Southern Lights decided like he didn't really want to do music anymore. So uh, we ended up, basically it was like a weird cocktail of like um, the band I was in Arms Like Yours and then a couple guys from Southern Lights, we ended up starting Dayseeker, and then that's just kind of how it came to be, I guess. Yeah. So that's how Dayseeker came about, was with... No. Yeah, just just two two bands, <laughs> like, I guess, calling it quits, then we just kind of, yeah, formed a, formed a new group there. Now, you and Michael, you guys formed uh, Hurtwave on your guys' own, right? Just you two? Yeah, we're just, um, we're just good friends. Uh, like, I, I mean, he's been, like, my closest friend for, like, the last... 10 years or probably and so i mean day seekers fun but we've like kind of we find ourselves listening to like a lot of pop and a lot of stuff that is like not in the realm of day seeker and so i had some stuff like on acoustic guitar that i had been writing and he he just had a lot of ideas for like for like percussion and for beats so we kind of just i would basically just go over on the weekends and we had a really like a really uh, what's the word I'm looking for it's kind of like an elementary setup in like garage band and so we would make kind of like these just not so great sounding demos on there a couple of years ago and then it kind of we like wrote and like rewrote and then we kind of ran into like weird 
label complications and then had to like because we, we recorded our first single sever probably like three or four years ago but it didn't come out till like this past june oh wow Cause our, yeah because our, our label was just like it was just a, a weird like legal loophole where like they they didn't own Hurtwave, but they owned Dayseeker and they owned Mike and I as individual people. So they, it's kind of a weird thing where like they technically have dibs on if they want to release anything we put out. So that was kind of a, yeah, that was kind of a crappy situation, but it ended up working out really well because we ended up like songs like Bleach and a lot of other songs we, we've ended up putting out like they've, they're very different than how they were a couple of years ago. I think like we, I think we ended up becoming like better, better songwriters as time passed on. So I'm kind of grateful it took, it took a little bit longer to get it together. Cause I think that I'm really proud of how everything sounds now. Oh yeah. Has any of those songs from Hurtwave were they originally intended for Dayseeker? No, never. Our label kept trying to like really, cause we were kind of trying to work out kinks for a, a separate contract for Hurtwave and they were like really trying to jam it down our throat that we should just use all that stuff for Dayseeker. But I think most people who listen to, if you listen to both projects, I'm sure you can kind of hear there's like pretty, like, I just think some like songs like Fever Dream or like my father's, I just think like some of the slower songs would just be like too, too mellow for Dayseeker. Like, um, so we kind of, yeah, they were really fighting for us to, kind of like make sever more of like a rock song and just put it on sleep talk when we were in the middle of doing sleep talk and we were like no we don't like we don't we don't want to do that so yeah no everything yeah i'm thankful because everything we've written for hurt wave is like just just been for hurt wave i think we'll always kind of keep those projects pretty separate so it's kind of just how like how chino has uh deftones and then he has his side project like crosses and palms and all that yeah yeah exactly i think it's just like a Cause I don't know. I don't always want to write like, you know, upbeat rock. Like, I mean, it's like, it's fun. I like, I like playing Dayseeker stuff, but I think we have, we have tastes for like different projects and different sounds. And so I feel like with Hurtwave, we can kind of just do like whatever we want and we don't have to worry about upsetting somebody who's been like listening to us for a long time. Yeah. I hear you. Do you, are you a Spotify guy or are you an iTunes guy? I am a Spotify guy. Spotify. For sure. Do you yeah. know how many streams you guys have on Sleep Talk? Oh man, like the song or the album? Uh just the song. Because on if you go to your guys' Spotify or anyone's Spotify profile, it'll give like the top five top songs. I want to say. Do you know what your? Because I'm a no, I crunch numbers down. I'm just asking you. I, I don't know. It's, if you had to guess, it might be like eight or nine million. Uh, eight million i don't know i really i have no idea i haven't there was a point i think when it hit a million we were like oh shit and then i think after that it's just kind of like oh like it's that's crazy <laughs> like it kind of keeps going but yeah so sleep talk has 10 million streams on spotify and the music video on youtube has 2.1 million did you guys expect that song to be such a huge hit off the album no i super super did not that was even <laughs> sleep talk is actually funny because um we like we it was one of the last songs that we ended up writing and recording for the album. And it was like, kind of a, like, I remember I went over to our producer studio in, in LA and we were, I think we were meeting up to work on like the color black or something. And then I was like, Oh, Hey, I like, I like have an idea for a different, cause all I had basically was like the, uh, was like the clean guitar picking in the verse, which is like pretty easy. It's just like the dun, 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 dun. And then I was like, yeah, but I want like, um, you know, some type of like eighties kind of like synthesizer kind of carrying it through. And then, I don't know, we just, yeah, we started with the verse and it was weird. Cause that, I feel like that song came out, it like came together really fast. And then it was the same thing with the vocals, like, I know I feel like we we kind of put that song together in a very like quick way and it was like it's weird because some sometimes some songs are like like you write them and you're like oh okay like this is like a single like this this one will do really well sleep talk was kind of weird for me I, I actually didn't think it was gonna be like a single or like a really popular it's like one of those things when like we we like recorded it and then like finished it and then our producer was like 
this is the best fucking song on the album. He's like, like, this is, this is like your lead single. And I was like, really? Like, cause I, it's, I think it's hard sometimes as a, as a musician and a writer to like separate. Yeah. Like I like the song because like I had a, a part in like writing it and recording it, but like, that doesn't mean that it's good necessarily. And I think there's been times it's just hard. Cause I've written songs like years ago where at the time I was like, fuck yeah like it's like such a good song and then i got older and was like that song kind of sucks so like it's just it's weird because <laughs> at the time it's really hard sometimes to like know if you like a song because it is good or just because you had something to do with it so it's uh it's interesting to kind of try and step outside of yourself and be like are other people gonna think this is good because even the entire sleep talk album we were like we were excited about it but it was very different than like anything else we had done for Dayseeker and we were kind of like man like this is this is either going to go really well or people are, like really not going to be receptive to this like new thing that we're trying and even though like I said we really liked it in the middle of recording it we were like very we were like very concerned um like to put out like music like sleep talk where there's like no screaming and no like no riffing and anything and just being like hope people don't hate us now you know no, yeah, definitely. I uh like you said, you if you you didn't really assume that it was going to be a a single or whatever, but just from hearing that, it definitely in my opinion, it kind of sticks out from all the rest and yeah, it's crazy that uh I thought that you guys put the most effort and most time into that song. I would have never guessed. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean it, it wasn't like a I don't want to like say that it like we threw it together in like a day. Like I definitely I spent a lot of time like vocally making sure it, it came out good but it's it, instrumentally for sure i feel like we had like a skeleton for that song like within a few hours it was pretty like it kind of came together pretty effortlessly so what was the process with making the music video for that song uh very uncomfortable and very weird we well the there was kind of this uh there's like this studio space in la that has a bunch of different rooms and they had a you know, I think with a lot of our older stuff, we've done like really dark, like black, you know, backgrounds. And we were like, <clears throat> I know that was another thing with that album was like, we wanted to try like really like neon color tones and like really like bright kind of vibes to kind of flip it on its head a little bit. And so, yeah, I found that room with the, uh, it had, it was just like a really well lit white bedroom, but then it had like this separate oral background and I was like yeah that seems pretty like hip and and trendy so that that stuff was a breeze it was like it was more so we had to like put together a little like fake party I mean we did we like basically said like if you come and you want to be an extra like we'll feed you and like we'll have some alcohol but like you can only have <clears throat> like within reason we were like we don't want people to be at this shoot just like fucked up like right. super drunk so we're like you can have like a drink or two but like nothing crazy past that but um that part was fine it was just kind of weird because then it was like we were just like yeah just like talk and hang out like you're having a party in the background <laughs> but then like we have to like stand there and look like really emotional <laughs> or like you're playing through a song i don't i think like maybe for like people playing instruments it's not a big deal i think like i think as a singer you have to kind of like put on a like a performance like you I obviously don't want it to come across and I'm like, Oh my God, there's like four, like 30 people behind me. And I'm like, just singing this emotional song. And I have to look, <laughs> I have to look like I don't know that, you know, it's a little weird, but um, it came together pretty cool. Though. I was, I was pretty happy with it at the end of the day. From the first track off of sleep, talk junk all the way up to, to the end. Um, the song that really stuck out to me the most more recently i should say is the song the color black can you go into more depth on that song is there a good story behind that yeah i mean uh the color black just basically touches on just kind of like physical assault within a relationship probably more so like a guy to a girl although like i guess you know it is very possible that a girl could could beat her boyfriend but yeah i just uh Actually, uh, so her name's Amber Paredes. Uh, she's a really talented photographer. She's done a lot of photography. She's basically done like most of the photography for like our Hurtwave promos and a, a lot of Dayseeker stuff. And she's like one of my favorite people and photographers um, in like the LA area. But yeah, I don't know. She, uh, 
she basically like really opened up to me about like a past relationship she was in where she had a boyfriend who was like very physically abusive and um, some other, this other random kind of fan of Dayseeker when I was writing Sleep Talk, like kind of reached out and told me his experience with seeing his mom date somebody who was physically abusive. And uh, so I kind of, you know, we had a song called Vultures on the last album that was more about like sexual assaults. And then so I think it was kind of like, not like a part two, but I think Vultures, I was basically like, you're a piece of shit because you're sexually assaulting women. And I think with the color black, it was more like you're a piece of shit because you're like beating the shit out of somebody who loves you. So um, I liked kind of like, because uh, I think I wrote like, I wrote the first few lines about like the woman being bruised and bleeding, but like her, not like her spirit, I don't know, just like her as a person like had like, like, even though she had, like, the shit kicked out of her, like, she was still a beautiful person. So that was kind of, like, where it was, like, the embers, like, a really bright kind of fiery vibe with that. And how, like, you know, you could attach, like, black to a really dark and evil kind of thing. And gold is obviously, like, the shit as far as colors go. So I was that's where it was kind of, like, you couldn't, like, even if you're, like, beating her senseless, like, you can't really cover what yeah. a beautiful person she is at the end of the day so the whole song is just yeah kind of about and just people who like blame they blame like their parents for them being abusive like they're I don't know it was just like my take on basically how I feel about people who put their hands on their significant others because I really don't think I could ever ever do that I mean I'm not a very like I mean I've argued in relationships before but I've like never like never even come close to like hitting somebody or being hit i mean i just i don't think there's a, a reason for that honestly yeah i hear you buddy in your opinion what's your favorite song from your guys's content from Dayseeker? yeah well what's the song that you're most proud of um man i don't know it changes all the time i'm re i'm really proud of like like sleep talk as a whole i'm i'm super super proud of it I'm really proud of, I think I like Drunk. I think Drunk is like one of my favorites on the album because that was for sure like, I, I don't know. A lot of times I kind of am a, I'm a harsh critic of what I write lyrically. And there's some songs where I'm like, ah, I feel like I got by on that song. Like, I don't feel like I really wrote stuff that was like groundbreaking or unique. And I feel like with Drunk, I was like, I wrote it just about like my father and how he kind of drank alcohol um, to kind of deal with his mortality around having like Parkinson's and having cancer. And I just, um, I don't know, just like that, super proud of how that song came together. And like, I just like, it's really rare, but I'm actually proud of like the lyrical content that I ended up writing for that song. So I think, I think drunk, but it's tough. Cause I, I am very proud of like most, most of the songs off that album. For songwriting with you guys, what's the process like for that? Do you guys sit together and then jam together and come up with ideas like that? or? Say you're driving down the road and you come up with something. Do you just hold on to that until you meet up with the other guys and then bring it to their attention? Yeah, I mean it's uh it's a decent mix of stuff. I uh I for sure will keep like topics in the back of my head of like, oh like I wanna write about this content or something. And then sometimes I'll just write a little riff, I'll write like a chord progression, and then it's weird how it just starts from there. Um because drunk was kind of the same thing where like we didn't really have like I think we just had the background noise and I, I knew I wanted to to do that song with like a vocoder effect which is like this keyboard vocal kind of thing and I uh just kind of I think I bullshit the first few lines um and I think that it ended up being what we kept and then I, I wrote off that about my dad but yeah it'll usually just start with it's weird, just a small thing, whether it's guitar or vocals. And then we usually will work it out with our producer and then with Mike, our drummer, and then uh, and then our guitarist and bassist will kind of come in a little bit later and just kind of give their opinions on things that they think could be different. And, you know, we try and make it collaborative, but it does, it does sometimes just start with like, just like me, Mike and our producer, and then it kind of just goes from there. Okay. So case by case for sure. With Dayseeker, let's talk about your guys' touring and your live shows. What's a what's a Dayseeker show all about? Uh, 
for anybody that's never seen in the audience crying yeah yeah, i don't know (laughs) um yeah i mean we uh i think like kind of the the bread and butter of our group is like people um who obviously want to listen to like heavily emotional music but i think like i really try and make sure that there's like a um there's like a purpose around each song like lyrically so it's not just like there's some bands where like i love their songs but i'll just be like i have no idea like what you're like what you're talking about and <laughs> and i'm sure like people might listen to like day seeker stuff and think that but i think especially recently i've tried to be like pretty uh pretty like brutally transparent about what i'm writing each song about and uh yeah, so I think we just, yeah, we just want people to come and have a good time and we try and like, try and just make sure we're all sober and uh, like nobody's too drunk to play or anything. And I, I think especially over the last few years, we've like really made it a priority that we just like, we try and make sure like everybody takes vitamins. Like, I mean, it's hard because you, it's almost like you're just bound to get sick or just like sleep deprived when you're on a schedule oh, like that. Yeah. But, we just try to make sure like we take care of the people who come to watch us play. We try and play as best as we can and just have a good time, man. Yeah. So say somebody did get sick, say that you got sick on a tour date, what would happen then? Would the guys just play an instrumental set or would it just be called off? No, I just kind of, I just kind of struggle through it. I've had a lot of, yeah, I've had a lot of, it depends. It depends on the severity. If like, I think I got like a, I think I got like tonsillitis or like strep throat on no, a tour sh- no a few shit. years ago. Yeah, I was seriously like, man, I was, I was fucking, oh. man, I was dying there. Yeah, we we tried to play a few. I played a few shows when I was sick, and they were like, man, they were like embarrassing to get through. Because and and I, it sucks. It sucks too because I feel like people don't, people don't empathize and understand like your you know, like on a day, if I was home and I was healthy, of course I could get through like a 30 minute set, like no problem. But like I was, we were, I think we were out for almost like six or seven weeks. It was like a nine week thing. And it was like, I would wake up in the morning and I could barely speak. And I was just like, like you would just go on stage and just have these like embarrassing sets just for the sake of like getting paid. But then I feel like you would let people down. And then, and the shitty, the shittiest part too, as a singer is like, it just gets worse. Like if you're sick and then you keep trying to sing while you're sick, like it doesn't, it makes like your recovery process longer. So that was like one, that was one time where we actually, like, I think we canceled, I think we took like two, we canceled two shows. I mean, I think we had like three days off. So I was like, okay, I'll have like five five days to chill. But then, yeah, I remember I had like, I just had, I almost was going to fly home because I had a really bad fever. I was like freezing, but I was like sweating at the oh, same time. Oh yeah. Those time. heat chills. Yeah. It was just like a fucking nightmare. So no, we've never done like the, uh, we've never done an instrumental thing. I'll either just kind of power through it. Or like I said, if it's really bad, we, we just will like cancel. But like I said, we try and take our vitamins and I'm sure, especially like once touring resumes, it'll be like a very, very different. Yeah. It'll be, so. I think it'll be like that for a while too from here mm-hmm. on out mm-hmm. on touring what's a day like for you guys because I know every band has their different routines and whatnot so for you guys what's a what's a day like from sunrise sunset is it pretty just straightforward yeah it's uh get up pretty early well depends if you're if it's like a blessing it's like the next show is like an hour away or something sometimes you'll just drive the hour and then so when you wake up you're there but most cases you're usually like four to six hours away so uh we usually get up at like eight seven or eight depending on how long the drive is we'll hit a starbucks so people can get coffee or food we get gas you drive you drive a lot and then you you get to the venue you load in if you're lucky you get to have a sound check before you play and then you set up merchandise and then usually by the time everybody is sound checked and loaded in you'll have maybe like an hour or an hour and a half of open time so we'll all go get food together or something and then and then the show starts and you just yeah you play you hang out and then you pack up and you just kind of repeat you repeat it all over again for like four to six weeks so <laughs> what's your guys's go-to for food situations uh well like S- starbucks is pretty frequent um 
don't know. It depends on the city. There's some stuff where there's like staple restaurants where we're like, oh, we can only get like that burger mm. in this yep. city. But we, we do try and eat like pretty, pretty healthy. Um, we, we hit Chipotle a lot because I feel like they have vegan options. They, you can, you can splurge and have like a burrito if you want to eat like shit. You can just have like a <laughs> salad or but there's a lot of options there for sure. So Ch Chipotle seems to be where we hit pretty often across the u.s yeah now what about off days what do you guys typically do on off days we just eat and uh, <laughs> and and drink yeah and uh yeah just try and relax it's just that we'll usually we're lucky that we've been touring long enough to where we have like friends and in different areas and we'll just kind of uh just kind of relax and mellow out and just like i said try and recover usually like you're you're pretty like sleep deprived. So we usually take it as a chance to like, I don't know, get catch up on sleep and try and feel like a normal functioning human. Right. <laughs> next show. Yeah. Yeah. What's the craziest or most memorable thing that you can think of that happened on tour, whether it's to you oh, or to man. somebody else that you've seen or just something that you witnessed. Um, I don't know. We had a tour with a fill in drummer and he was a, he was a fucking asshole. Um, and we definitely almost hit a point at the end of a tour where we had like a screaming match in a hotel. He was just like, oh, geez. yeah, I mean, this was like years ago and, uh, but he, he had never really done like a full tour and he was just very like, I'm not, I mean, like, I won't say who he is, but he just, he like, was very, uh, he was just a very inconsiderate person. And I think when you spend that much time around somebody, you like, I mean, it's all about touring. It's like, you have to be like, I mean, the cards are just stacked against you to be in like a shitty mood. Like if you have little sleep and like zero privacy and then somebody is just being a dick, it's like very easy to get upset very fast. So yeah, we were, um, yeah, it was actually, it was on that tour where I got tonsillitis, but we were, we were so, uh, we were so fed up with his trying to actually walk him home and we were going to finish. This was at a time where we were, we were, yeah, we were four piece. We were actually going to fly him home. And our guitar player plays drums and he tracked drums on our second album. So we were like literally going to finish the tour as a three piece and we were trying to fly him home. And then he's <laughs> like, he's like, well, I think you guys should pay for the plane ticket. And we were like, yeah, no, no fucking way. Um, so, uh, so he ended up finishing a tour with us, but that was probably one of the more like crazier things that happened. Cause we just had this, like, we went to the, like this, like alternative press music awards and then, it was like three in the morning. We just had like a screaming match in our like hotel. And it's like, it's so weird. Cause we don't, we're like not that kind of band. And then he, uh, but yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't fly home. And we were like, well, we're not going to abandon you. Cause it was like in Ohio, I think, but like, we're not going to abandon you out here. So yeah, we'll just finish the tour, but let's just keep talk to a minimum, I don't know, you know, just get through it. But yeah, thankfully it's pretty boring. I don't know. I feel like we're all kind of older and we just, we just care about showing up and having fun. It's not, we don't like go crazy and party or anything like, like Motley Crue. Right. <laughs> I bet that was a big relief off your shoulders. Once you guys got done with that tour and he got to go home. Yeah, it was, yeah. Dropping him off was very, very blissful. <laughs> um, it was a nice experience. And we're, yeah, it was just at a time where our, um, our drummer, Mike, he just him getting, time off to come tour with us was tough so it was like it was almost like every other tour we had to find a fill-in drummer and then now we're lucky that i think he could just come on all of our tours so we don't have to deal with that anymore but yeah so i try to do this with uh most of the guests that i get on here i just do what's called a dream lineup and i just kind of consisted one up together so what after i go with mine what would be your dream lineup so the one that i came up with would be a a, a band called colorblind have you heard of them before no, I haven't actually. No. Um, so they would be the opening act, and then you guys would play after that, and then it would be Slaves, and then Bring Me the Horizon. That'd be pretty cool. Um, uh, we we've played with Slaves before. I like I like the Slaves guys. Those are nice. Um, Bring Me the Horizons, cool. They're they're fucking huge. So that that would be like an arena tour. Uh, I yeah I would love to play with like Thrice um and then super into this band Architects um oh, they're, yeah. just, they're really fun to watch live and I think that would be that would be a good time but yeah we'll uh we'll see whenever touring is is a thing again hopefully yeah mm -hmm. 
So stemming towards Heartwave, you and Mike went more of the synth-based roots on that. Is there a specific reason why, or is it just what you said earlier? You just you want to have be able to do more than just the rock? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was definitely very synthy from the get-go, but I think we kind of, again, like as the years has gone on, I feel like the 80s kind of, sound has come back in a big way so we were able to kind of implement a lot of that into into Hurtwave. so yeah i feel like we just saw it as an opportunity to do something like very very different than Dayseeker. so with uh new year's eve being your most recent single is there more to come from all of from Hurtwave? and can you talk much about that yeah um so we we're releasing our ep in you can call it installments. It's just basically single by single because we're so new. I just, I don't want to, I didn't want to put out like seven songs at once and then people like not like give, I don't like not listen through as much or like not care. I think it's easier to hold people's attention for like four minutes instead of like a half hour. So um, yeah, we have, we have one more single or no, 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 I'm sorry. There's two more songs coming out. Um, There's a single called black and blue that comes out in like, mid-February I think and then um, we have a song called Overdose and that'll be the last song Um, and that'll probably come out around like early April we're basically just trying to time it every like six or seven weeks we put something out but yeah we'll uh we'll finish up with that stuff and then we're like we're pretty we're pretty knee deep in doing like some reimagined stuff for Dayseeker right now so I think the plan is is that like once all the hurt wave stuff is out we can kind of start we're going to do like a deluxe version of sleep talk and then, Ooh. and then try and start writing our, our next record. Yeah. Now with uh bleach, it has 338,000 streams on Spotify. Did you expect that song to be the one with the most popularity from hurt wave so far? Um, kind of. Yeah. That was sort of like a, that's for sure one of the better songs I think that we had written. It was one of our favorites when we wrote it. I, I really like all the songs, honestly, but that one, it just definitely had a very like eighties, <clears throat> like kind of synth wave vibe. So I was, yeah, I was happy with that one. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched at how that, like all the songs have done so far. We were like, Oh cool. We'll get like, we'll get like a couple hundred listeners a month and get like a few thousand. We were like, yeah, like nobody knows the project. So like, why would they care to like really, really listen through you know now the song fever dream is definitely my favorite out of all the whole hurt wave Mm -hmm. singles that you guys have put out it speaks to me in multiple instances two that come to mind is i had a friend that he was in a tragic accident at a party and he had passed away from uh he had an atv fall on him while he was riding a passenger and the one of his friends that was driving turned too sharply i guess they were trying to like do donuts or whatnot but he flipped over and uh, actually landed on him and it really messed him up. And he had passed away in the hospital shortly after that. Oh man. And then, and then the other instance was uh, my father-in-law. He was uh, on hospice and had oxygen and he had smoked, lit a cigarette up and it had caught his oxygen tubing on fire and he wasn't able to make it out of the house. So that caught fire and parts of the song that you sing, you know, towards the end smell of coffee and cigarette definitely really makes me think about him and just those type of things. So, um, is there any way you'd be able to do a, a, a version of that? Yeah, man. Um, totally. I got my <clears throat> I got my guitar all set up here. You'll have to forgive me because I don't think uh, I don't think Zoom audio is like the best with uh, this stuff. But yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. That sounds kind of rough, you know. Okay. This is a uh, cold fever dream. Yeah. Falling upwards through the sky You cut through clouds before my eyes Is it peaceful in the afterlife? Or are you like me, Barbina? time you no longer be I'm 
in a fever dream of losing sleep. You're buried in the time I, I need your help when the silence is deafening. It's your time to tell you why hurts to be alive. you dude i do appreciate that did now was that song written for i if i remember right that song was written for a friend that had a father pass away yeah um he was a fan actually it was like a really rare circumstance i i sometimes get hired for like songwriting um i think for him it was actually like his dad passed a couple years ago and i think he was having like a really uh really hard time like coping with it and he he was also a musician and he uh he just told me basically he was kind of struggling to get it out into words and he was hoping that like I could write something that would like help give him basically peace and closure on the subject and so it like wasn't it wasn't meant to be um like something I was going to put out but he actually had like a he had a really rough instrumental written and it was like, it was actually like, like most of what he had written is, is what, at least for the chords is like what we, we ended up doing for like the verses and stuff. And then um, I ended up writing like the, like the chorus chords and uh, it just kind of like, I don't know. I just, I was listening, I was listening to it and I was just like, oh, wow, I'm like, I'm super proud of this, actually. So I wanted to put it out and I made sure it was OK with him. And um, I think he was like really, really honored by it. And I think it was like a nice uh, 
a nice memorial for his father. So yeah, I mean, he basically, he just sent me like a really long, like detailed text thread of um, just like really specific things about his dad. Yeah. About like how his dad always smelled like French vanilla coffee and cigarettes and how just like, you know, just like, yeah. How he mentioned, like, I try and touch base on on the bridge, but he just basically remembers like just driving down like the highway and like, um and just all these like just people and cars like all these strangers just like it was uh i think it's something called sonder it's basically just about how like your life can just be an absolute shit show and then like five feet from you like every like somebody might be like in love or having the best day of their lives and so it was just uh i think it was just a real trip for him that it was like he was driving down the highway to like go identify his dad's body and like mm. these these people like driving on the highway like didn't know his dad's name or like didn't really know what he was going through so yeah i just tried like tried my best to just kind of capture what he was going through at the end of the day it, just hearing it live now just gives me the chills it's crazy oh thanks man <sighs> yeah aside so aside both projects you even have kind of a third form of uh people checking out your um your music and the talent that you've got by subscribing to your Patreon. Um, now those that your Patreon's filled with, is it re of songs that you've written from the past or is it just mostly covers? It's mostly covers, but every once in a while, yeah, I'll do like a day seeker song or a heart wave song. I've thought about, I, I wrote some like acoustic songs a long, long time ago, but they much shittier singer and uh and the quality was like not very good so i've thought about doing some of my like older acoustic stuff on there as well but yeah i just i try and give people just like um like music or renditions they like can't hear like really anywhere else and i'll even if you're like a top tier there's like different tiers basically on the patreon but if you're like a top tier supporter i'll usually give you a link to like for for the hurtwave stuff i've been giving people like links to like the songs before they actually come out so they can like kind of check it out but i always emphasize like i will i will like hunt them down if they put it out early get <laughs> before it comes out uh but <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's it's mostly covers on there but I, I do original stuff every once in a while is there a way anyone can request a song like for a cover do you have to be a certain tier or is it just pretty much based off of what you're comfortable with and you can yeah if you're if you're like a top tier supporter for a little bit you can you can request a cover i always try and stress though that it has to be like mutually agreed because some people have been like do like fucking knock loose or something yeah i'm I'm not gonna like yeah if it it requires me to like re rewrite an entire song like i i won't do that but like if it's within reason and something like i enjoy playing like yeah that's that's fine but so like like if you were to get asked to do like a frank ocean song or something like that then there probably wouldn't be much of a hassle there then no really no i like frank ocean yeah he's he's sick i would i'd like to do a frank ocean song actually yeah now somebody that i would uh as far as like besides day seeker somebody that i would definitely love and pay all the money in the fucking world to go see you play a, a show with an acoustic show to be exact would be a guy named teddy swims have you heard of him before yeah yeah he was in that band uh elephant yeah he was with elephants for i think he's still with elephants but if no, i thought wasn't he in something called oh Valley or something he, he was uh, this was years and years ago he was in a metalcore band actually yeah if that is that what you're talking about no, it was like an alternative project. Is he like the? Is he have like the big beard and he has like a really nice voice? Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, he has. Man, I I know his band that he's with now. They're called Elephants, and they're more of like a R and B type thing. And they did covers, like he did covers of uh, Shania Twain and. Uh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, he he was in my buddy's band. I think they're called they were called Valley Heart or like Wild Heart. Oh, uh, Wild Heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's either Wild Heart or Glass Heart. One of the two. I want to say yeah. it was Wild Heart. No, yeah. that guy's a. He's a. I wouldn't even feel like. That's like one of those singers where you're like, yeah, I don't want to sing. <laughs> like, I don't want to sing anywhere near that guy because that guy is just like. There's just some people who are so talented. It's just like i don't even at all like yeah I, I would for sure open for that guy i would i wouldn't want to follow him that's for sure 
the first cover that I heard from him was um, what was it? It was um, "Let Me Love You" by Mario, and it's nothing. Once you see the guy, you know, in the, at the start of the video, you just don't expect what you hear. <laughs> yeah, no, that guy is. Uh, he has a beautiful voice. He's a fantastic singer. Now, 14 years ago, you posted a video uh, of you playing a song called Help Me Remember. Now, back then, did you ever expect? (laughs) Yeah, the long hair days. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, looking back, did you ever expect that you'd be where you are now? Um, I guess I hoped I would be, although it's just weirder. I think just like the, I just think the older you get, the hungrier you get for like more i mean not like in a greedy way but i i just think when i was like in that like era i was just like oh my god it'd be so cool to just like do like like a tour even if it was like the shittiest tour on the planet which it was our first tour was pretty bad but i mean but we didn't you didn't care at that time because you were just like so happy to just be like traveling and playing um and then and then I was like, oh, man, it would be cool to, like, get signed, like, to a label. And then it's just weirder. I think, like, as you get older, like, the idea of success gets, like, reinvented in your head. Oh, yeah. You got to come, come up with more goals. Like you said, when you were younger, a goal for you was I want to play a tour. Then that came about. So you have to set another, a new structure of goals and whatnot. And that's pretty much just with anything, you know? Yeah. So, uh no, I'm I'm very grateful I am. I'm at where I'm at. But I'm also not, like it's not like I'm like balling and like making millions on music, you know, like it's still, I still work a regular job. Especially since sleep talk, I, it kind of picked up a lot more than it, it ever has for us. So I'm, yeah, I'm very grateful, but I don't know, man. It's uh, I don't know what I thought back then. I was just like, I feel like <laughs> I'm okay at this and I just want to see how long I can do it for, I guess. Yeah. Now, if it weren't for music, what would your plan B have been? Or what would uh, your plan B be? Yeah, I, uh, well, I work in optometry right now, and I'm, I'm pretty, pretty comfortable with that at the moment. So um, I, might have a, I might have pursued a career in that a little bit more thoroughly. Um, I also like really wanted to, I romanticize with the idea of being an English teacher. I still feel like I might want to do that at some point, but I'm also like, but it's also just like seeing, I mean, not that everything's about money, but I'm just like, God damn, they like really don't pay teachers a lot of money. So I'm like, no, definitely not. I'm like, uh, I almost feel like I, I could potentially take a pay cut if I decided to become an English teacher. So I, uh, yeah, I would like to, I, I like the idea of like getting to have an impact on like a younger generation. And cause I always like really looked up to my English teachers and I think like music and like English and literature go hand in hand to some degree. So I think, I just think I would enjoy it. I think I I enjoy feeling like I'm possibly helping, helping people out, but we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see in like 10 years or something, you know, what I'm doing. (laughs) If I was to show a friend a day seeker song, that's never heard of you guys before, what do you think would be the song to play that will reel them in? Sleep talk. Yeah. Sleep talk. Yeah, that was, yeah, I was going to say that's pretty, uh, pretty self to be the one. Yeah. Yeah. What's one conflict or failure that comes to mind that you faced as your uh, career of being a musician and what did you do to overcome that? A conflict or fear. Um, I guess just, well, I guess maybe one thing I've had to overcome is just like seeing it's just, man, the internet's just a weird place, especially like the more popular you get. Again, not that we're not like a massive band, but I have noticed that in the uptick of like sleep talk getting more popular, it's, I try and be really nice to like most people I interact with, but man, you just like, you'll just read like horrible things about you sometimes. And it's like really hard uh, to not take it to heart, but you know, I think you have to kind of like, it's just weird, man. Like I might've met somebody on a day where I was like, Cause there's some shows after we play, cause the thing too is like, I finish playing and then I run to our table. Like, like I'm, I literally, I help load up like really fast. I wipe the sweat off my face. And then like, I run over to our table to like talk to people. And especially, you know, on our older albums, it, it was like, there wasn't like that many people. It was like 20, 20 people or so. And then I, for like 
man, ever since Sleep Talk came out, it was kind of wild. I was like, I'd be at the table sometimes for like an hour, hour and a half, and the line just like would not stop. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck, like, this is like, <laughs> like, it's cool because it feels like, like we're getting more popular, but it's, it's, and it, you know, and there's some nights where I'm like, like, yeah, like, let's go. Like, I'll talk, I'll talk to anybody and we can talk about whatever. And like, I don't care. And then there's just some, yeah, there's just some nights where I just like wipe the sweat from my face and just be like, man, I really don't like want to. Cause you have to, I mean, cause people, they, people wait months to come see you play and you don't want to like, I don't want to go to the table and like, and it's not that I, I'm like, I go to the table and I'm like, like, whatever, like, fuck you. Like, you know, like I'm, yeah. I, always try, I always try and be generally polite, but there's just some days where like, you don't have like the energy um, to, to just like deal with that much like social interaction. And, uh, and so it sucks. Cause I feel like. I'll just like read a comment that somebody's like, yeah, I met that guy one time. He's a fucking dick. And I was like, man, like I really, I'm like, man, maybe you caught me on like a weird day where I, I just like didn't get a lot of sleep, but I don't think I've ever like outwardly been like, somebody's like, can I get a photo? And I'm like, no, fuck you. Like I'm like, I always take a picture. I'll always engage somebody in conversation. And so I've decided to remind myself that like, yeah, like these thousands of different versions of me probably exist in a lot of people's heads, but like, but like I know who I am and like it's people can say what they want to say for the most part I'm lucky because most things I read about us is like pretty positive but you'll see a comment like that every once in a while like that guy's a dick or like he's an asshole and you just I guess you just have to kind of push it to the side that's been kind of an interesting thing to get used to over the last couple of years and it's funny most of the time the people that that have the comments that say stuff like that they more than likely they haven't even once met you or came to one of your shows they're just saying that out of jealousy you know it's possible. I have no, no doubt that some of these people have met me. It's a bummer because I'm like, I feel like if you could have an extended conversation with me, you would see that I'm, if I did come off as a dick, it was like very much unintentional. But I mean, that's fine. Like, like I said, I mean, some people are fucking weird though, too. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've just like, yeah, I don't know. I think people just expect you to be like jazzed up and like really excited. And it's like, it's just hard to have that energy yeah. sometimes when you're like, when you haven't slept for like a couple of weeks and especially like right after we play, like I'm fucking tired. I'm not like, it's hard to be like, yeah, like who wants a photo? And right. Exactly. Yeah. They It's just like going to the gym or just working a 12 hour shift anywhere. You know, you don't want to, well, the, the next thing you want to do, you don't want to jump right into a, a, you know, what seems like another shift of, three hours of talking you know and mm. yeah for sure man so before we wrap this up buddy i just want to um first off just thank you again for taking the time and talking with that cover and going over a little more in depth of uh Heartwave and Dayseeker with me um i'm gonna ask you for this or that questions and they're just gonna be random out there and just for fun um sure. would you rather have no knees or no elbows uh no knees. I don't no. think I could play guitar if I didn't have any elbows. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather have something in your eye or need to sneeze but never be able to? Like painful in my eye? Or just that irritation, just like, oh, God damn it, like you're at the beach and sand blows in and you're like, shit, I can't get that out. Something in my eye, yeah. <laughs> I, I wear contacts and I, I feel like that happens all the time anyways. Fucking having to sneeze and, yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. No, I'm good. Would you rather be buried alive or stranded at sea? Stranded at sea. For sure, stranded at sea. And then the last one, would you rather be able to turn invisible or be able to fly? Uh, I mean, I'm invisible to most people. So, yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would fly. Yeah, for sure, I would fly. Yeah. All right, man. What's uh, Are you on Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, I'm on all that stuff. Um most of my stuff is just Rory Spencer. Um, you can find me on any of that stuff. But how can people get a hold of your Patreon? <coughs> Excuse me, it's the same thing. It's just Patreon.com/slash Rory Spencer. So that's where you can find me on most stuff. Yeah. Did you want to break down what those tiers are real quick? Oh man, I don't even know if I remember <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first one's just basically just access to the covers. I'll post like some photo, like some behind the scenes photos and stuff. I don't do anywhere else. Uh, the second tier up gets you like some vocal advice uh, and things like that. And then I'll try and do like a little acoustic chat and hang on there. 
um, $30 one gets you like handwritten lyric sheets. Um, and then we can do like a FaceTime call for your birthday. And then the last tier is like, you can try and get vocal lessons. You can get tickets to a day seeker show, although that one seems kind of silly now. And then, uh, you can, yeah, like request a cover if you're on it for a long enough time. So. Sweet, man. Well, uh, like I said, buddy, it was good talking with you and um, hope we get to catch up sometime soon whenever touring comes around and we can do a live interview with the rest of the guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me, man.